Welcome to Impact, where we focus on helping you grow a business that amplifies your unique genius, multiplies your income, and transforms lives. Each episode, you'll discover an actionable framework based on what's working right now for top brands and thought leaders. In this episode, I interview John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire and ask him about four fundamental success secrets that helped him launch a top business podcast and grow a seven-figure business. We also talk about the advice I gave John when we first met in 2012 that thankfully he ignored. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Jason Van Orden. You know, when I started Impact, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do any interviews on this show. There are plenty of interviews out there. Not that there's anything wrong with having an interview-based show. You know, interviews can be very inspiring. They can give you a nice inside look into somebody's work, into their business, into their life, uh, with hopefully takeaways that you can apply to your own business and life. Well, I decided when John reached out to me uh, to interview him because he has uh, his upcoming book, which I hope you grab a copy of, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more about. I, I knew it was a good time to bring somebody on the show for an interview. Now, not just because, you know, we wanted to dive into the book and encourage you to uh, buy it, but I thought about, you know, I've known John for quite some time, but what are some things that maybe I haven't had the opportunity to speak with him about that I haven't had an opportunity to ask him that I'm curious about when it comes to his business so that I could really pull out some new things that maybe you haven't heard before from John, whether you listen to his Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, whether you have heard him interviewed on other podcasts, because there certainly are plenty of interviews out there uh, with John. But this interview right here, it turned out different than any other John Lee Dumas interview that perhaps you have heard, because I wrote down four questions that I haven't had the opportunity or I haven't taken the opportunity rather to ask John about the rise of his business, his very popular podcast and the success that he's had the the fortune and worked hard to achieve over the years. And I wanted to come away with some specific actionable ideas or even frameworks that you could immediately apply to your business because that's what this show is all about, showing you what's working for top brands, for top entrepreneurs, top thought leaders in growing their own impact and income and building that successful business based upon their ideas, their knowledge and their message. If this is perhaps the first time you're hearing about John, then I'll just let you know that he is the host of a very popular business podcast by the name of Entrepreneur on Fire, which he started back in 2012 with the goal of doing daily episodes, daily interviews with successful entrepreneurs. And he has done that ever since, now recording over 3,000 interviews with different entrepreneurs, including some of the biggest names out there. Along with his girlfriend and soon-to-be wife, Kate, he's grown a business that generates six figures of revenue each month. And we know this because on their blog, they share their financials, how they spent their money, how they've made their money. You know, John and Kate are very transparent and generous with the information that they provide. And so now you're going to get a lot out of this interview. Now, after the interview with John, I'm going to be back on with my key takeaways, the four things that I pulled out of what we discussed that I believe are the most impactful, again, that you can take and apply to your own business. And even though this is an interview episode, I've still created a downloadable framework for you. In fact, it's four mini frameworks to help you succeed like JLD. If you'd like to grab that downloadable PDF right now, you can do so by going to impactdownloads.com forward slash JLD. And with that, let's get into the interview.
So welcome to the show, John Lee Dumas. So good to talk to you, man. It's been a little while, eh? Is that what you call this, the show? I mean, I would have do with branding if you asked. I'm welcome. Well, you know, they know they already know what they're listening to here because the intro, <laughs> the intro said the name of the show. You know how this is done, right? So, and obviously <laughs> JVO knows branding. So it was a big <laughs> joke to all you listeners. <laughs> this is just called the show. That's the all, show. you know. <laughs> the show. So hey, I'm an I'm an everybody. I I mean I'm assuming most people listening to this know who you are, so we're not going to do a big old intro, but I am going to start with just a small story because I think it relates, well, it does relate to one of the things I want to ask you. Uh, as far as I recall, well, we met at a conference, but one of my earliest memories of, of you is when we went to a pizzeria, I believe, with Cliff Ravenscraft and a group of his friends, um, T- Times Square, I believe Times it's Square. called Joe's, Joe's Pizza, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, I, I, in fact, I've got a picture of you somewhere, you know, holding up your mug of beer. And uh, anyway, picture, I, I remember a picture of beer, a picture, right? A picture, a picture of beer. Uh, so I remember you coming up to me and uh, telling me this is before you had actually launched Entrepreneur right. on Fire and telling me I've got this idea for a show. And uh, as I recall, you were asking me for a bit of a, of an opinion. Totally. And of course you said, I'm launching this show. I'm going to do daily episodes. Um, I don't recall what I exactly said. I know what I was thinking. That was you're insane for doing such. <laughs> um, but, you know, clearly, I'm glad whatever I might have said to you didn't discourage you. I, I wouldn't expect that it would have knowing who you are now and everything. But I am going to come back to that story later. But I think I'm, I'm guessing I'm not the only person that you expressed this desire to do a daily show to. And I'm guessing I'm not the only person that might have given you a few quizzical looks in response to your uh, to your plan there. Is that right? You are 100% on the side of the same advice that you just mentioned. And yeah. when we get to it later in the interview, I actually have a cool little anecdote to share there. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I mean, the reason we're here, you've, you've written a book on podcasting, podcast launch, you've released three journals for successful, aspiring people, entrepreneurs who want to grow and do great things out there. Uh, but now you are, you've written a book called The Common Path to Uncommon Success, which tells your story uh, and, and the, th- the steps that you followed, the things that you've noticed about your success along the way. Uh, of course, we'd love for people to check that book out, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that. But uh, if you want, as you're listening to this right now, if this is the first you're hearing about his book, go ahead and check out UncommonSuccessBook.com to get some more details about that. So given that the book is about your path to success, John, here are a few things I've been wanting to ask you over the years that have come, I don't know, maybe we've talked about some of these at some point, but um, this, this first question I have for you goes back to that anecdote that I just shared. And, you know, you're not the first person to have a visionary idea that others might think is a little bit nuts. People that, you know, perhaps you even respect their opinion and look up to, but, you know, at the same time, even though myself and others might've said, wow, that's uh, pretty ambitious. Sounds a little bit, uh, sounds a little bit nuts. You went ahead and launched Entrepreneur on Fire. Of course, we know the rest of that story now. So, what is it in that moment? What is it that you can offer in terms of insight or tips for those who, uh, when, it, when it's time to listen to your own t- intuition and let go of or not, you know, take in too much the the opinions or advice of others, even if it's well-meaning advice. So it was 2012, and I knew that I wanted to get into the space that JVO was rocking, that Cliff Ravenscraft was rocking. 
Pat Flynn, Amy Porterfield, Lewis House. I'm like, I want to do what they're doing because they are impacting the world. They're sharing their voice, their message, their mission. They're elevating others onto their platforms and just helping so many people. I want to do that. I go, but I'm going to be bad at doing that for a significant amount of time because I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no experience. So how do I get good at doing something? And I said, oh, well, every time I've gotten good at something, it's because I've practiced and worked mm. my butt off at that thing. So how do I practice and work my butt off at this thing called podcasting, which was the medium that inspired me the most? And I said, well, doing 52 episodes a year isn't going to be putting in the reps, which is what everybody was doing, this weekly mm -hmm. show. I said, but what about doing 30 a month or one every single day? <laughs> I said, right. that would actually be putting in the reps so I could be getting better. And number one, and number two, I could actually be meeting more people. Like if I can only meet four people a month, like that's not that many people. I need to meet more people. Like what if I met a person every single day? Like that would be fantastic. And so I came up with that concept of saying, like, what do I feel like is missing in the podcasting space, which is actually step two, chapter two in my book is discovering your niche within your big idea. Because my big idea was to do an interview-based podcast. But then within that, there's a bunch of them out there. How do I how do I niche down? And that was the daily podcast idea. That was um, making sure that the day I launched JVO, I was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I was mm -hmm the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I was <laughs> the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So when I came up with that idea and that concept, you know, I immediately did a couple of things that were amazing. Like I, I hired a mentor, Jamie Masters, our mutual friend. She was a successful business podcast host. I wanted to be a successful business podcast host. That was a key hire. I joined Cliff Ravenscraft's mastermind, which is why we were at that uh, dinner together because it was people in his mastermind. And then of course, you know, a couple of luminaries yourself were invited there to kind of, you know, um, spice up and increase the overall, you know, business IQ <laughs> level at the table, which of course you did. And I was passionate about going to each of you, Cliff, yourself, Pat, Amy, all these people and saying, what do you guys think about my idea of doing a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs? And across the board, all of you said, bad idea, stupid, <laughs> not going to work, can't find enough guests, you'll get burned out, your listeners will get burned out, all these things. And I was excited with all of that advice because I was already going to do it. Like your advice could not change my mind because yeah. I knew I needed to do that for those reasons I've already talked about, but why I loved it. And the mindset I want your listeners and viewers to think about right now is I said to myself, if the top people in the business and podcasting space, JVO, Pat, Cliff, Amy, if they say it can't be done and I find a way to do it, mm look at that opportunity. I mean, yeah. that is where opportunity lives. Because a quote that you know, and you've lived by in a lot of ways that I've always respected is the higher the barrier, the lower the competition. Like yeah. when you create something that's so easily replicatable, guess what everybody does when you have success? They replicate it. And even yeah. though you started it, you get washed out, you get drowned out in the noise because now it's there's a million imit imitators and you know, you see this happening all the time with physical products and China coming in and just copying all the physical product. And that's like a random example, but it can happen in any space. And so I said, how do I create a moat around my business? How do I create a barrier so high that my competition will be so low? Well, mm -hmm. if the best people in the podcasting space are saying a daily podcast can't be done, they believe it. And if I can mm -hmm. figure out a way to do it, my business is not able to be replicated. And that JVO is the type of business I wanted to build.
Love it, man. Okay. So, I mean, that's a great, there are a couple of things I love about that answer. Uh, I mean, already that idea of building a moat around your business, a way to stand out, create a barrier to entry against competition. But the other thing I really love about this is, you know, I'm always talking to my, my clients about having multiple reasons for doing a thing. And I'm sure in launching a podcast, you wanted to launch your brand. You wanted to grow an audience. You wanted to get your message out there, but you also just named two other reasons why you had, especially for doing the daily show and is repetitions to get better and then to meet people as well. So there was also what I call this execution goal in the doing of it. The process of it was already going to be its own reward, regardless of whether it crashed and burned how some of us <laughs> thought it might or took off as thankfully it did. Right. So uh, I think that's a wonderful lesson is, is to find multiple reasons for a thing and find some that are in the process of doing it, not just in will this thing work or not. Because guess what? Um, what if after three months in 90 interviews, it, it yeah. cracks and burns? What yeah. am I still able to take from that? 90 yeah. amazing conversations, connections, relationships that I built that I can then you know, be utilizing and leveraging on my next thing. I love it. And, you know, I am happy to say two things. Number one, I, I still believed in you enough to come and be one of your first 10 or in, 10 interviews. You on were a power 20 guest, buddy. My first 20. Uh, was so intentional, and, uh, about, by the way, every one of those 20 guests was like handpicked. So like, I'm not saying you should feel special, but it was. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, and then uh, the other thing, too, about, uh, you know, about, since then, I'm happy to say and growing as a coach myself, had you, would you, were you that person now asking me, I think I would have asked a few questions first, like, well, what is it you want to do? This is an interesting idea, rather than just immediately being like, I don't think so. So um, there's the lesson for all the coaches and people listening to this out there. Sometimes, you know, don't discourage the visionary idea. Just ask <laughs> some, some questions about it first. Clarifying questions. You may be talking to the next JLD. All right. So good answer. Good answer. Thank you. So the next thing I want to ask you about, because obviously now you had to, once you committed to that, which you were before you even asked uh, anyone's opinion, um, you, you've been extremely prolific. You went and you did it. You have created over 3000 episodes of, of this show and done something that, yeah, many people are not willing to do. Um, I'm always looking for ways and, and not always succeeding as much as I'd like, but to be more prolific, to get more content out there. So I'm just wondering if you can offer, and, and I think when you are more prolific and you put more ideas out there, the more you have a chance of those ideas, finding the good ones that rise to the surface and so forth. Right. So I'm wondering what, couple of tips can you offer us for for being that prolific with your content if someone wants to, whether it's podcasting or something else, if somebody wants to uh, commit to that level, to put that level of, of ideas out into the world? So one of my definitions of being prolific is pretty simple. How about being the best solution to a real problem? Mm. If you're the best solution to a real problem, you are prolific in your solution to a real problem. And so most people's issue, and we've brushed upon this, let's go a little deeper now, is they maybe, you know, do the right thing at first. They're consuming the right content. They're watching this podcast. They're listening to the right shows. They're reading the right books. And then they find somebody out there and they say, I'm going to do what that person's doing because they're having success. And they end up launching a weak, pale imitation of that person. And of course, they don't find success because who wants a weak, pale imitation of that person who wants the second, seventh, or 34th best solution to a real problem. People want the best. So again, my big idea was to launch a podcast. Like I loved that idea. But then I was like, well, 
there's a lot of podcasts. How about a business podcast? Because I love business. Okay, that's still pretty saturated. What about an interview-based podcast? I'm just interviewing entrepreneurs. Okay, well, there's a lot of people doing it, um, but they're doing it once a week. So what if I do twice a week? <laughs> just not prolific enough because, man, I need to really go all in on this. If I'm going to go all in, I need to be the best solution to a real problem. And to me, that problem that I identified was there were people like me that existed in the world that woke up every morning and wanted to listen to an interview with a successful entrepreneur every single day. And when Pat Flynn had done 37 episodes over the course of two years, because he was doing an every other week show, I listened to two years of his content in three weeks. And yeah. I loved every bit of it. But then I had yeah. to wait two more weeks for another 30-minute episode to come out. It wasn't the quantity, it wasn't the diction and the tonality and just the repetition that I needed. I right. needed to have higher quantity. I needed to be hearing these voices in my in my head every single day. So I launched a podcast that I knew needed to, to, to be out there. And I was prolific because it was the best day one. Like I mentioned, it was also the worst. It was the only. That's the key. So you identify a big idea that you actually want to do. Then you niche down. This is step two in the 17-step roadmap. Then you niche down and you discover your niche. That niche is an un underserved area of your big idea. That is a void that has not yet been filled within your big idea. Maybe someday you grow back up and you go back out to your major you know, big idea because you're ready to play against the big boys with the entrenched competition. Until then, hunker down, niche down, become the best there, get early traction, get early proof of concept. And oh, by the way, how about put in some reps? You know, Not to get too off topic here, JVO, but the first question I get when people join Podcasters Paradise is, how do I interview the big guests? I'm like, mm. how many interviews have you done? Zero. Right. Oh, you're right. ready day one to interview the, the top big guests out there? You're going to suck as an interviewer when you started. I sucked. I was really, really bad. So what did I do? I brought JVO on. I asked him four questions and stepped away from the microphone and shut my mouth. Hmm. Like that's why the interview was decent because JVO provided all the value. So why not put in the reps, practice number one. And number two, just start You know, with whoever is at your level or at a level a little bit above or below you and just get good. And so when you get a Tony Robbins on, a Gary Vaynerchuk on, you don't blow it. Like you actually mm -hmm. have a great interview. They're like, oh, this person's got chops. You know, and, and I'm, uh, I didn't take my own advice. I went for the top people immediately, but I'm telling you, don't follow my, you know, my trail of awkward interviews that are just littered throughout my last 3,000 episodes. Like it took me 480 episodes before I stepped away from the mic and I said, whoa, I didn't suck. Like mm. I wasn't good, but I didn't suck. Like 480 episodes. So think about that for a second. Yeah, I love that. So, and I can remember, uh, you know, many years into Internet Business Mastery, at some point, we replayed our first episode to our audience, you know, we'd already done probably 250 or something at the time. And people were blown away how bad it was compared to, you know, the 250th <laughs> episode. But they found that very encouraging to see, right? That it's like this show, our show that they were listening to and loved that we started somewhere that we just, we weren't that great at it, right? And I love that it's like put in 
the reps. And so I'm hearing here, it's like to be putting in the reps, being prolific. It's like, know why you want to be prolific and what value is that offering to be prolific to the audience that you want to serve and that you want to give uh, value to or a solution to like you, um, and like you said. The worst advice you'll ever get is fake it till you make it. People mm. love the authenticity, the genuineness, just the realness. People love the fact that they were listening to me as a terrible interviewer. They didn't love the fact that I was terrible per se, but they loved hearing me getting better. It's like all of a sudden they started rooting for me. They're like, wow, John, like you've actually <laughs> gotten a little bit better. Like this is cool to like hear your progression. Like we like being part of that. And plus, like you mentioned, it's so much more relatable. Like mm -hmm. people don't want to hear perfection day one because there's no such thing. And then there's like, who is this person? I can't even relate to them. I don't even understand or know that process. So right. that is such a key thing. You know, it's something fun we could do. We can talk about the details after if you want, but we could actually post the first interview I ever did with you, which was by the way, pre-interview, which was pre-launch of Entrepreneurs on Fire. So I had not even launched the show mm -hmm. when I interviewed JVO because he was part of my Power 20 and just play that episode, maybe just like five minutes of it, or who knows, yeah. <laughs> throw the whole thing on the back of this episode. And people listen, because holy cringy. Yeah, you can just go to my my website and there's a download button right uh, under your episode right there and just slap that as much or as little as you want of that episode. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll go, grab a, I'll go grab a clip. I love that just idea. People, yeah. Yeah, totally. We'll do that. Um, okay, so speaking of putting in the reps and uh, you know being prolific, you're clearly willing to do the hard work. And sometimes that work is non-scalable work. Uh, it's very easy when we, especially when you're somebody who's starting an online or a lifestyle-based business where you you want it. Yes, you want to create value in the world and be an entrepreneur, but you also want to establish a certain level of you know, freedom, choice for yourself. And so that takes us very quickly to think about, well, what's a scalable solution? What's a scalable solution? I need the evergreen funnel. I need the, the, the automated this. I need the outsource that which is important and fine, but there are times where clearly you are ready to dig in and do the non-scalable work. One example being this book launch right here. Uh, you, you sent me a, a, a personal video letting me know that, hey, I have a new book coming out, which is the first I'd, I'd or, heard of it. Four minutes long. Wasn't like a 30 yeah, four, second, like, hey, JVO, right. love you, bye. Four minutes. Right. Well, and you know, I'll, I'll admit, and not because you know, I, I know that you're, you were probably contacting a lot of people, especially since you have all these people you've interviewed, you could contact and you've, uh, you know, developed a lot of relationships. Um, but I, you know, I, I was even knowing that we have that personal relationship the moment I hit uh, play. And then you said my name, I knew it was for me. I was like, Oh, that's really nice. That's really solid. And yeah. the truth is, I, I think I would have supported you anyway, but it, it does go a long way to do those non-scalable things at times. So maybe just talk a little bit about that and that mindset and why you were willing to, I, I don't know how many of those you recorded, but I'm guessing it was, more than just a few. So tell us a little bit about that. I love that you bring this up because it is the differentiator. It 100% is. You know, Everybody, just like they want to interview the big guest day one, they also want to have systems and automations and scalable and leverageable in place day one as well. And they're just missing the points. Like the mm -hmm. point is you need to be willing and able to do things that don't scale. When I did this book launch for this, this is my heart, my soul. Like I spent... 480 writing hours, writing these 71,000 words. I wrote every single one of these words. Mm -hmm. And you just to kind of uh, make a quick note on something you said at the beginning, this, this book does have, you know, parts of my path 
in it, my common path to uncommon success, but much more so it's pulled from the 3000 interviews that I've done with nice. JVMO, with Pat Flynn, with Cliff Ravenscraft. It's the, it's the download that I've been able to take from all of those episodes to craft what I know for sure is a 17 step roadmap mm. to financial freedom and fulfillment. So I love this book. I am passionate about this book. I am going to will this book into as many hands as possible. So that being said, I want to go to people that have great big audiences and and say, hey, like I don't take our relationship for granted. Like mm -hmm. I'm not just sending out one blast email and saying like, hey, I want to be on your show. Like I want you to know that I'm taking time and I'm going to personally tell you that our friendship matters, our relationship matters. And this is how you it can help if you want to support this book launch. So to answer your question directly, 300 of those videos. <laughs> nice. Wow. Multiply 300, 300 times four. You'll get, mm -hmm. you'll get an idea because I average about four minutes per video. You'll get an yeah. idea about how much time that took. And of course there's, you know, a couple minutes in between doing each one with pasting it into emails and doing all this thing. So I spent weeks and I mean mm -hmm. weeks just creating these personalized videos. So every person knew that I was creating a personal video for them and yeah. Right below the video, which I also go through audibly in the video as well, um, here are the three things. I'm very specific and clear. Here are the three things that you can do to help this book launch. You can pre-order some copies. You can consider a bulk buy. And you can get me on your platform to share this book message with your audience. And as a result, I'll tell you, because I did a little bit of testing, you know, of course. But like I wanted to do this, period. But I also wanted to know how much more effective it would be. Mm, right. This outreach with a personal video has gotten an 85% respond rate, 85%, nice. which is unheard of. And by the way, those 15%, you better believe we're following up with them. Because a lot of those, <laughs> a, lot of, yeah. a lot of those situations are people being like, oh shoot, John, like I actually got this email and they're in the, in the reminder, the reminder of it. But like, I literally just assumed it was just a boilerplate video. So they never watched it, which I get because, you know, even though I'm like, this is a personal video for you, mm -hmm. you know how people use words and kind of twist right. things around. That's fine. Um, but when they actually watch it, they're like, oh my God, I feel so bad. You actually recorded this video for me. What can I do? How can I go overboard now and like really help you out? So that was so unscalable. That was me standing in this room, you know, which by the way, I live in Puerto Rico. It's beautiful outside every single day period. So let's meet in this cold, dark room, just doing these videos one after one, because A, I do things that don't scale. B, I know how valuable relationships are and C, I'm willing to put in the work. And that's a pretty powerful combination right there. Yeah. Love it. So being willing, yeah, whether it's in, in the, you know, when you're finding those first clients for a new business or launching your book, you know, there's definitely those times where putting in, and I've seen the same thing, that non-scalable work. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a sort of putting in the reps there um, as well, right, in terms of connection and outreach and experimenting with that. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that it was so successful for you um, and, and worth doing all those weeks and weeks of, of recording videos. That's Take wonderful. Time. So we have just a few minutes left here. Um, are there any other, I mean, what, what are you most proud of in this book? What do you really hope that people take out of the, 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 the um, common path to uncommon success? What I'm most proud of is that, listen, I spent those 480 writing hours 
taking the most important fundamental principles from the 3,000 plus interviews I've had, the thousands and thousands of hours of conversations that that equates to, and distilling it down into 17 fundamental principles that those who have achieved uncommon success all possess. And I looked down, I crafted, I, I switched some things around, and I crafted a 17-step roadmap. This is a 17-step roadmap, step one, all the way to step 17. So all the way from identifying your big idea, step one, all the way to 17, which is actually keeping the money you make, which you'd be shocked at how few people actually mm. can do, even right. when they make a lot of money, all the way through. This is a complete 17-step roadmap. And hey, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to be polarizing here. But I believe in this. And I know the audience I'm speaking to, so this is not really applying to anybody in this audience. But I, I do believe the following is true. If you read this book and you apply its principles and you follow the path, the 17-step roadmap, and after three to six months of continuously putting in the process of this, of this, of the, this roadmap into your business, you haven't gained traction. You haven't found your beginning versions of Uncommon Success. Give it up. Like You're just not meant to be an entrepreneur. And guess what? That's okay. Number 37 at Facebook is much richer than myself and JVO combined will ever be. And they found what was right for them. Being a number two, a number 10, a number 200, like, Go find that. Like, wouldn't you rather find that out sooner than later? Like, this book will get you to failure quicker. Meaning, like, you're like, oh man, if I can't get there with this, like, that's it's just not for me. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's meant to be this solopreneur, this entrepreneur, this small business owner. Some of you are meant to be an integrator at another business or this or that. And guess what? I have three amazing virtual assistants who are living their best life right now. And this book will get you there. Period. End of story. Not to mention JVO as we close down. I'm making it a flipping no-brainer because mm -hmm. I am, for everybody that pre-orders, I am shipping to your door all three of my journals, the Freedom, the Mastery, and the Podcast Journal. These are so far to date my three best work of my life up until this book, The Common Path, to Uncommon Success, which is officially my best work ever. Um, but I'm shipping all three of the journals to your door with a single pre-order. I'm losing money on every single pre-order literally could care less. That's not the point. I want to make this a no-brainer for you to pre-order. Bonuses go away the day the book launches, so don't wait. March 23rd, gonzo. Book goes live. Book will be shipped to your door. And um, frankly, this book is probably going to sell out. It's been happening to a bunch of my friends because these publishers aren't doing big enough print runs. They're gone. They have to wait months like it's happening to Sean Stevenson right now, which really sucks. His book is amazing. Um, but there's four other amazing bonuses as well. Visit uncommonsuccessbook.com. There's a video from me. I jump in the pool with all of my clothes on. It's really awkward. Um, and I detail out what the book's all about. I have those five endorsements from Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Neil Patel, Erica Mandy, Dory Clark, plus more details about the book, more de details about the bonuses that all disappear before the book launches. So uncommonsuccessbook.com. 
Fantastic. So the book's called The Common Path to Uncommon Success. It's a culmination of not only John's wisdom and experience over the years, but also over 3,000 people that he has talked to through his own content. So you're guaranteed to pull something away from that, as he said, and uh, you've given a deal that uh, people can't refuse, which I wouldn't expect anything less from you, John. Um, most people probably say you're crazy for giving away those three journals at the same time. And that's when you say, of course, and that's why I'm doing of it. Of course, right? you're crazy. <laughs> I've been crazy since 2012, buddy. <laughs> that's right. Continuing the crazy. Thank you so much, John, for joining us today, sharing some of that wisdom. I'll be summing up uh, after the break, uh, my biggest takeaways from the conversation with John here. Uh, best of luck with the book. I know it's going to do um, wonderful work out there in the world for all who read it and look forward to the next time that we get to chat. Talk to you later. Thanks, Nivia. I want to go ahead and share with you now the four big takeaways that I have from that conversation with John. And also, if you've listened to my show before uh, Impact, you know that I like to end the episode by giving the audience a downloadable, actionable framework that they can use to apply what has been discussed in the episode to their own brand and business to get results right away. And so you can access a guide that I've prepared with these takeaways along with a mini framework for each one. There's questions, resources, and other ideas and examples to help you put these uh, takeaway principles that I'm about to share with you into action. If you'd like to go ahead and download that, you can visit impactdownloads.com forward slash JLD. That's impactdownloads.com forward slash JLD, which stands, of course, for John Lee Dumas. Now, let me go ahead and uh, finish up by sharing with you my four big takeaways here. The first one that really stood out to me was this idea of building a moat around your business. You'll recall that one of the reasons that John wanted to do it, one of the many reasons John wanted to do a daily podcast was it was something that he knew others would not be willing to do and it would be a way that he could stand out, something that was not easily replicable. And so it's always a good idea to have some kind of advantage like that for your own business that helps you to stay ahead of the curve by doing something with your business that others can't provide or won't provide, or it would take them a long time or too many resources to provide. The second big takeaway is do the repetitions to master your craft. This ties back again to John's desire to do a daily podcast early on. Again, one of the many reasons he wanted to do that was he wanted to get better at podcasting and interviewing. He was brand new to the medium, but he knew that by doing an episode every single day, he would get better a lot faster than if he did just simply an episode every week, which was kind of the standard at the time. And actually even today is the standard for many podcasts. So thinking of ways that you can actively build into your processes, your systems, your you know daily routines, opportunities to do the repetitions on the things that matter most on becoming on acquiring the skills, improving in the ways that you need to and becoming the kind of person you need to that's necessary for reaching your biggest goals and uh, the big vision that you have for your brand and business. The third big takeaway that I took from our conversation was to share your journey to grow your brand. You know, when John first started out with his business and, and podcast, he was new to marketing. He was new to entrepreneurship. He, he was new to a lot of things, but he didn't let that stop him. He didn't need to be the most experienced entrepreneur or the best podcast right out of the gate. Well, he was the best daily podcast, as he pointed out at the time, because he was the only. But what, one of the things that really stood out to people and I think attracted them to him was that he was on a learning journey and it was one that he brought the audience into. He opened up 
to his audience and shared with them what he was learning, what he was trying, what was working, what wasn't working on his blog and through his podcast. He was putting his financials out there, you know, his his costs and ex- his expenses and sharing information that many people weren't willing to share. In fact, that was another moat that he built around his business uh, as well, something that most people weren't willing to do. So one of the, a great way, and when you're maybe just starting out with a new brand, or maybe you are, you know, entering into new uh, area of your brand, and you might be worried about not necessarily having, you know, the greatest experience to share or uh, the, the the best insights in that area. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with bringing people into your journey. And in fact, even if you are very good at what you do, bringing your audience into your journey, showing them what it's like for you on a daily basis, there are a number of people who will enjoy that, seeing how you do things, what you're thinking about, what you're successful successes and failures are, um, you know, enjoy rejoicing in those with you and, and, uh, you know, being a part of this thing that you're continually creating for their benefit as well as your own. And so keeping that in mind that this journey that you have to share is a powerful asset and a great way to connect with and grow an audience while you continue to acquire expertise and authority and continue to experiment within your business. So bring them along the journey with you. The third takeaway that stands out for me is to well, stand out with unscalable outreach. We talked about how John used, he recorded 300 videos to get the attention of uh, friends and influencers that he wanted to enlist to help promote his latest book. And this is something you can use in a number of different ways in your own business, whether you're promoting something, whether you're looking for referrals or just looking to create new relationships, maintain relationships, whatever the case may be. I use video outreach. And I say unscalable because that's why it's special. That's why it stands out. It's not just the automated, the templated, the the boilerplate thing, right? It's something that it's clear you have taken the effort to personalize and a video does that in an amazing way. You know, just recently I actually signed on a new client. Uh, this is one of the ways I use it is I send messages out to prospective clients. Somebody reached out to me asking about my services and helping them to design uh, an online course. And they and what I did instead of just, you know, replying, I could have said, hey, let's hop on the phone together, which they might have, but instead first I recorded a short video that really spoke to what I saw in, in what they were asking about. And also after checking out their, their website, and they said that that really stood out to them and personalized it, um, and went a long way to earning trust quickly and, and early on. So think about those ways you can stand out with unscalable outreach, such as, uh, using short video messages where appropriate. So there, there you go. Those are the four big takeaways. I think I might have mixed up my count in there somewhere. But anyway, I shared all four of them with you. They are, again, build a moat around your business, do the repetitions to master your craft, share your journey to grow your brand, and stand out with unscalable outreach. Four solid principles that we learned from John's own success and journey that you can now apply to your business. And again, if you'd like additional insight, if you'd like the, that list of four, along with some specific actions you can take, some resources that will help you, some questions and frameworks that'll help you put those four or any any one of those four uh, principles into action relative to your business, then you can get the downloadable framework guide by going to impactdownloads.com forward slash JLD. That's it for this episode of Impact. Thank you for your time and attention. On the next episode, we're going to talk about the only three ways that you can increase the impact and income of your business. Because when you understand what these three different strategies are, it becomes much easier to determine where to invest your limited time and resources so that you can have the biggest return on investment when it comes to growing your brand and your business. 
We'll talk to you soon.